0: Everybody. Welcome to uh, episode... What is this? Episode 3? Jesus, I think we tried trapped this shit. I think it's episode 3. We'll fix it post-paste if it's not. Episode 3 of Jokes. Uh, I'm here with a couple of fucking suits. A couple of fucking corporate sellouts. <laughs> that's, that's who I'm with right now. I'm with uh, both uh, co-founders of uh, Perry Veritas. This is actually the first time I've met Robbie. Um, never met the guy in person before and, um, clearly I'm going to like him. It's going to be a contest to see who's the bigger lunatic. I'm not sure yet. (laughs) I think it's a neck and neck tie at this point. And as always sitting here with Eric, um, and, uh, getting ready to, um, hear a joke that Robbie has brought. Eric, of course, who is still bald headed and, uh, and, uh, free and um, and yeah, so uh, we got some banter we got to get to first, and we're going to get to Robbie's joke and see where the conversation takes us. But first of all, how's everybody doing? Are we uh, um, significantly more or less insane than we were even this morning at this point?
1: Well, I I will speak first. Uh, I am as insane as I have been, um, maybe more so because I'm recontemplating contemplating shaving the Short fuzz that has grown on my head. I still want to get that cowboy hat. Uh, I just haven't been able to leave my office or my garage, which is now it's probably about 100 degrees in here during the day. (laughs) And so I'm cooking. I'm dehydrated. Uh, My butt itches. I don't know if that's related. But, (laughs) you know, I, I get up and walk around, hope the itch will go away, but it doesn't. It might be sweat. It might be all the seeded bread that I eat. I don't know. It could be any number of things. But I, if, that, if that's a descriptive way of saying how insane I am, then, then so be it.
0: Okay. <laughs> hey, um, uh, I, I don't know if you've heard of such a thing, but uh, um, uh, there's a, a really cool thing that I think you might be able to find in your house. It's called a shower. Um, I don't recommend. <laughs> or a bidet. <laughs> or a bidet. Have I have a you, garden hose right it's,
1: outside the garage, right outside the garage. It's got a high-pressure um, nozzle on it, too.
0: Oh man!
2: So, hi. Number one, I, I just wanted to say uh, thank you so much for having me. It's 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 actually quite an honor to be talking to the first overall, uh, the first, the number one pick from the NFL draft from earlier tonight, Mister Bro. So, I hope you'll be happy in Cincinnati. Uh, how are how are things in Ohio?
0: Oh man, boring as shit. First of all, it's fucking Ohio. You know, can't <laughs> believe I'm gonna stay here. <laughs> it's not what I had in mind. Second of all, despite that, you would not believe the amount of pussy I'm getting. I'm fucking Joe Burrow. you have any idea what it's like to be me right now? <laughs> At, LSU. At LSU. It'll
2: definitely be worse in Cincinnati. But, you know, the good news is that he's almost in Kentucky when he's in Cincinnati. So <laughs> it's not like he went that far from home.
0: That's true. That's true. Hey, it's nice to meet you.
2: Uh, it's nice to meet you too. Thank you. Seriously. Thank you for having me. I appreciate, uh, I appreciate being here as far as insanity. Um, that's yeah, I, I, it's not me. It's the rest of the world. That's insane. So I'm good.
0: I feel, I feel like for the first time, this is where, do you remember that Sandra Bullock movie? I think it's called bird cage. I never saw it, but I know it's, a, well, I know what it's about. Bird where, box, bird box, bird cage was the one with Robin Williams and Nathan Lane in Miami. Actually,
2: you should should put those two together, right?
0: Bird cage box. (laughs) Bird box in a cage. That sounds kinky. Yeah, exactly. Nathan Lane, lane. (laughs) I hear the birds.
1: So beautiful.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. that, That would be great. That would be great to put those two together. No, no. But in that movie, what happens is, if I'm correct, is that aliens come from outer space and they make people see the worst thing that they can possibly imagine. And they just go fucking kill themselves. And the moral of the story is, is that people who are depressed or who have dealt with that shit are impervious because they've already seen the worst shit that can happen. So that's kind of how I feel right now is that like everybody in the whole world is kind of learning what it's been like to fucking be me. <laughs> How's that for a good selfish thought? Well, I, there you I go. like that.
1: That's a really good analysis I, uh, because I I got out of the house. I went to my office for a little bit today. Mm-hmm. And I had to get gas for the first time in like a month. So I chose the worst place in the world to get it, which is Costco.
0: Uh, <laughs> it's the apocalypse there.
1: Yeah. Uh, and it, I mean, it's cheap, right? It's the cheapest gas in town. But By
2: I, what? Like a nickel? And,
1: and, and, I mean, it was. <laughs> I, I guess. What are
2: you? I thought you, I thought you were Native American. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. I, which one is who? Who's who? Yo, Sorry. I did not
0: know that you were Native American until just last week. That is a new piece of information for me we have not had the chance to talk about that on the podcast yet but since you mentioned it i did not know that eric norvell for some reason had known. i just thought he lived on a reservation that's all well, i thought
1: this is my traditional indian wear. i've got my australian cowboy hat my bald head my mustache and my uh disney hawaiian shirt <laughs> uh, oh. we're having <laughs> ceremonials soon uh no, so I stopped to get gas, and I got out, and I looked around, and it was just a mess of people. And I was like, ah, uh, I totally need another month of quarantine. Like, I've had enough. This Tell you is- what,
2: Eric, you know what? You got it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> What's happening? Thank you, Governor.
2: <laughs> I think we got ours today.
1: <laughs> Did Pritzker give you another month? Yep.
0: So oh, much. man. So I'm surprised. And rumor that- has it that
2: Pritzker's also, or that the, the state of Illinois is basically taking the lead on... SBA type stuff because the government's fucking that. So to actually wow. provide money to small business in Illinois.
0: Yeah. I'm, going to a web,
2: I'm going to a web. It's a fucking WebEx tomorrow. So it's a WebEx at two o'clock. Mind you, it says, yeah, I need Internet Explorer 5 or Netscape 4 or some shit. I'm like, what? Netscape? <laughs> People still use fucking Netscape? <laughs> <laughs> we were Didn't on go away today, in in like 2002
0: did they send that information from their AOL account?
2: Oh gosh, you know, that would be modern <laughs> Internet Explorer. That's not even what in in the the modern Microsoft product called Edge or some shit. It's
1: called Edge, yeah. yeah. Their
2: latest failure. Anyway. Yeah. Sorry about that Microsoft.
1: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thanks for the extra month of quarantine. Um so let's ask uh uh, Joe Burrow, how uh how he's doing? How are you doing, Joe Burrow?
0: Listen, life is great for me, man. I'm on top of the world. I'm telling you, Can you imagine what it's like to be Joe Burrow right now. He no,
1: seems, like a, he he seems seem like, like a good dude. He seems like a good. He
2: seems like a good motherfucking dude. He I'm seems serious. like a really good dude. So he But it's easy every, to fall for quarterbacks. Every man. bit of pussy he gets.
0: I <laughs> he does. I have uh, definitely like as a Jet fan, fallen in love with quarterbacks. For no reason whatsoever, because oh, so, they all come uh, off great right in the beginning.
2: <laughs> you should have just said, I, I've heard all the, like, okay, so uh, Josh has another, uh, it's Josh Burroughs, everyone. Josh Burroughs, not really Josh Burroughs. It's, jo, it's not Joe Burrow. I'm sorry. I was teasing. <laughs> sorry. But Josh has another podcast called Sunshine and Brain about mental health, mm-hmm. uh, a, a topic with, uh, uh, that, that he and I both know a bunch about. But all you should just call it Jet Fan. Yeah,
0: yeah, hundred I mean, percent. That, that's that all explains it.
2: Just change that, and yeah. you'll probably feel fucking fine.
0: That was how I opened my first session with my therapist. She said, "What's your deal?" And I said, "I'm a jet fan." And she said, "You should just kill yourself." And exactly so,
2: like it, like in the song Laid by James, right? Was that it? <laughs> yeah. wasn't there a reference to? No. Oh no, it wasn't "kill yourself." It was, but it was similar. I'm paraphrasing. The last time,
0: the last time my team was even remotely exciting, I had a, a head coach with a foot fetish. I mean, is that a problem? Uh, no. Who no, is that? Buddy Ryan's son, Rex Ryan. Oh, Rex yeah. Ryan. Rex Ryan. That's the <laughs> yeah. Guy. See, yeah, buddy, that makes, me like, that makes was...
2: me like him way more, by the way.
0: 100%. 100%. He doesn't it.
2: like feet. Oh, I mean, I mean, you know, I mean, everyone to their own, right? Whatever.
0: Oh, uh, athletes. Athletes, female athletes do not want you to touch their feet. That's the thing. Oh. Really? Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. I didn't that's know a that. Thing that I've noticed. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm. Been too long. It's been too long. <laughs>
0: I have, to, I have to
2: send someone back to the archives to see if they can dig something up for me on that topic.
0: Well, <laughs> just file it away for future information. Oh, it's there.
2: No, I'm talking about my archives like from, you know, 30 years ago.
0: It's been that long. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. <laughs> Put it under F or a either way. Um, so in any case, yeah, it's, it's awesome to meet you, man. I heard, I've heard a ton about you from Eric, obviously all good stuff. And, um, <laughs> really? I, I have a, yeah, yeah. yeah. All stuff that maybe want to talk to you more. So definitely had to be good stuff, but, uh, well, there's a
1: there's a noticeable tone shift um, with uh, Robbie on the box for sure. I don't I don't think we would have gone down the foot fetish pathway.
2: Had <laughs> Am I on the box? What does that mean? Is that like is that is that like an industry lingo? See, I'm not really a suit. It's all him. He's Listen. the suit. Oh, He's Eric's the, the suit. suit. Yeah, all wherever right. he is in this little thing, this little Brady Bunch picture thing. If you're doing the You should do like the collage view. Yeah. Hey,
0: if the two of you had sex, would you be uh, one founder?
2: No, it doesn't work that way. (laughs) You don't become a single person, Josh. I don't don't know what. I don't know how you're doing it, Josh. I think you're doing (laughs) it wrong.
0: Maybe that explains
2: (laughs) some of your recent relationships.
0: (laughs) I think you're probably right.
2: So, now, the funny thing is, away. The fun, here's, the, here's the best part, is that, <laughs> yeah. honestly, uh-huh. I mean, very different people in a lot of ways, but my wife and Eric Norvell are so, so similar, and it's actually getting annoyingly more so over time. Did she shave to her No, 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 none of that. Thank God. <laughs> Thank God it's none of that stuff, all right?
1: Figuratively? <laughs> <No>. <laughs>
2: I'm just talking about like the way they handle things, the way they speak, what they worry about. It's it's, I'm, I've got two marriages without question. Wow. But it's cool. I'm married to the same person. They're just in different forms. And so I can kind of, I can deal right. Cause it's the same bullshit all the time
0: I'm getting from both of them. That's pretty cool. That's (laughs) pretty cool. All right. So I got to get to know you guys and figure out what I need to marry. I need to marry someone who is, uh, normal. (laughs) Yeah. I would just say, I would just, I would say let's, let's leave. That whole "I
2: need to marry" part.
0: Let oh, that happen. You know Let that point.
2: happen organically. I don't think you need to
0: marry anybody just yet. That's a good point. That's a good point. Definitely <laughs> well no taken, way. sir. This is going to be that quite really a session for you. Can I charge the, for this? The wisdom of a seventy-two-year-old man. Seventy-two-year-old
2: <laughs> well, man with two failed marriages.
1: <laughs> children across or two. generations. You learned one, a thing
2: or two, and one ground-out
0: but successful marriage. So boom, exactly. All right, well, look, there's probably some stuff in there that we can figure out in terms of what's the opening banter. Let's get to the joke, man. Uh, you went Norm McDonald, right?
2: I went Norm McDonald. Oh, I'm so excited. So, so I saw this joke just to set it up on uh, an episode, or someone may have shared it with me. I don't think I saw it originally, but it was on an episode of uh, Conan O'Brien, the Tonight Show with Conan O'Brien. And okay. Norm McDonald got to be k- kind of a regular on that show uh, for 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 things like this so so he comes and i'll even set up further because as i went back to it i realized that the joke itself only comes after a setup to that joke where conor o'brien says to him says where you know you know where do you get uh you know your material and norm mcdonald says well you know i i find that the the best material just comes from everyday life just from you know being out and about so you know for example i uh um, uh when i was driving in the car you know you guys sent Sent, sent a car to come get me for the show and Conan Bryan's like yes. Yes, we sent you a car. And he's like, well, yeah So I, I was with the driver and he's like, oh uh, uh, He said, well, how did that help you create the joke? He said, well, I got it from the driver <laughs> 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 Okay, <laughs> okay so Let me just tell you the joke. I'll be the driver All right. <clears throat> So a moth goes in to see a podiatrist and he says, uh, Appetitia says, hi, hi, how can I help you? And he says, Doc, uh, I, I don't even know where to begin. Where, I, there's, so I, I'm, I'm working day and night. I'm working day and night for, for Rabinowitz Filioni, And, you know, he's a slave driver. And he's, he's, he's just killing me. And, you know, since since all the coronavirus stuff has hit, you know, he's making me go out there without a little moth mask. And it's just, you know, it's brutal. And, and, you know, it's at the point where I don't even know if I can physically do it anymore. I don't think I have it in me. I don't think he believes in me. And it's just a matter of time before the, you know, the other shoe drops um, probably right on me. But uh, but but then I, you know, I go home and, you know, I, I find myself you know, lying awake in a pool of sweat at night just worried and and stressed and, you know, don't have much will to live. And I roll over and I I see this old tags laying next to me and it used to be the woman I love and, and the kids, oh, there's Uzbeka Alexandria and she, you know, she just, she's not, she's being, she's combative. uh, You know, she's, she's, She's a real problem. I don't know what to do. She's getting in trouble left and right. She's not homeschooling well, that's for sure. I think she's actually sneaking out to be, to be honest. But uh, and then there's uh, his brother, uh, Hubert. Well, he died. You know, he died in the cold last year, as as many of us did. He fell, like 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 happens to us in the cold. Uh, but then with the two boys, I also have another boy named uh, Fidelo, and he is. Uh, I I don't. I don't think I love him anymore. I look in I look at him. I look into his eyes, and I see the same coward, failure, that I see when I gaze into the mirror accidentally at home. And if if only either one of us were a big enough failure or coward to take the loaded pistol I keep in my bedside stand, and finally just this just end it. You know, I don't. I'm at, I'm at I'm at my wits ends, doc. And podiatrist says, this, this is horrible. I, I hate to hear this. I, I'm so sorry that you're suffering so much, but I, I'm a podiatrist. I, you know, you should be talking to a psychiatrist. Why, why did you come here? And the mom says, well, your light was
0: on. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> That's fucking crazy. That is fucking crazy. I love that joke. I fucking love that joke. I cannot believe how long it went for that punchline. I and can't believe how dark it got.
2: So you have to watch the clip because I, I did it. So the the beauty of that joke. Okay. So this is on Conan O'Brien. This is on late night TV. And this is a ways back when like that that time was still fairly precious, right? Like yeah. you now it's just like there's so much, or even not now, but three months ago, that time was nowhere near as precious as it was, you know, eight years ago or ten years ago. And yeah. so he doesn't even finish the joke. Conan actually cuts him off and he says, "Are well, we got it? Is there a is there a punchline here?" And you know, and Norm manages it and comes through. And then Conan said, "Well, I'm, I applaud you at home if you stayed with it till the end." <laughs> but the, the audience loved it. They they lit up, and it was just, oh uh, you know, it. It's a, it's a piece oh, of art it 's a piece right. of art it's not it's not totally in a ways, it's some similar characteristics to the emo phillips joke right yeah in that it is a long story you don 't know quite where it 's going with emo the beauty of it is that he 's pushing you and it took me a second to realize this when I was listening to that uh, to you to you guys uh, talk about it um, that with emo, what he has the ability to do is make all that positive. It's like, oh, we're from the same time. You expect it's going to be like, oh, my gosh, we're brothers. You know, it's yeah. like our mothers are best friends. And like, how do we yeah. not know each other? And, of course, he just goes boom right in the other direction. Um, and, of course, Norm MacDonald just was the stupidest joke in the world but <laughs> delivers it in the most brilliant way. So
0: That's fucking amazing. So, okay, one quick question. First of all, did you ad lib? The, how close to to his script did you follow for the bulk of the body of that?
2: I did. I, I followed the structure mm-hmm. of it mm-hmm. in terms of the sequence of yeah. It was boss, wife, kids. In in his, his joke, there was two kids. The first one was dead, and the second one he hated. Um, I added a third kid, but he he came he. Just ad lib these fucking names, which is why I did the same thing, right? Just made it up. But um, the beauty of that joke, it's almost like an aristocrats type thing, yeah. where it is literally all you need to remember is a moth goes in to see its podiatrist, and the light was on. And then everything you do in between is fair game. It can be as dark as you want it to be. It can be as dark as you want it to be. It
0: can be as quick no. as you want it to be. It can be anything. God, I cannot wait to tell this joke. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I think we should end by all, all of us telling this joke and then we can just have it at the end of the recording. I cannot wait to tell this joke. Or we, could each, we could each say one word. It's like an improv technique. Yeah, absolutely. Yo, okay. so I, I, I love Norm MacDonald. One thing I know about him is that he's like the king of one of those comics that just seem to do not give a fuck. And he's always <laughs> being funny just by being like, who you see is who he is. Um, and he's quite famous for going on these talk shows and doing like these like old jokes from like the 1920s, right? Where he just looks up all these crazy ass jokes from like a hundred years ago and then just does those jokes. (laughs) He's a nut. Yeah. I can't hear you, Eric. You're on mute. Ah, that goddamn microphone. How many times did you try to break into the conversation, Eric? Have you spoken at all? (laughs) Okay, good. I I didn't think you had.
1: No, I think it's probably best that I don't. But I'm oh,
2: I Oh create some space real quick. Okay.
1: What you say is pick that seed and that'll give you enough time.
2: Pick anyway. that seed. Is this back to your uh your hygiene problems? Get
1: your butt.
2: Um you did mention sesame seeds, I thought, but anyway.
1: Right. Right. It well, was that joke from last week. You know, what do what do uh, hemorrhoids and cowboy hats have in common? sooner sure. <laughs> every asshole has one <laughs>
2: <laughs> that works for any pair by the way yeah,
1: yeah. so he norm mcdonald was on i can't remember what roast it was but he brought up a bunch of these old archaic corny jokes yeah. and it was killing all of the comics who were on the dais because they knew what he was doing i mean he was bringing Do you know old why
2: like, he did that too yeah. though
1: Breyer's club jokes. Why, Robbie?
2: Well, it, the beauty of it was that this is not. I, I think I don't can't remember the sequence, but it was definitely after he had been fired from Saturday Night Live. And what he was fired from Saturday Night Live, you know, what what some people claim uh, is that Don Ohlmeyer, who was a O.J. Simpson supporter, threw a party for the jury, I believe, uh, afterwards. Um, and and Norm Macdonald on, on Weekend Update would regularly t- tell like like hardcore O.J. Simpson jokes. Like, you know, what do you say? Uh, Oh, gosh. You i something like they don't have much in common. You know, she's an everyday girl and he's a double murderer or or something like that. So But he he was like, he would pull no punches and he would really tell it like it was. Uh, And that didn't go over. I think it didn't go over well two ways. I don't think it went over well with Omeyer, but more broadly, probably just didn't go over well with that audience and that that vehicle right Saturday Night Live is not a place where you explicitly call someone a murderer right you, you you wink and nod and allude to it and or it was that place I think it wasn't as edgy as that necessarily yeah so then he goes on the Friars Club and tells rated G jokes not uh, no profanity no darkness no nothing
1: <laughs> <laughs> right with his typical dry nasally stuff he is the last comic um that i can remember seeing that posted anything from his most recent um club bit just before just before the lockdown where he went up and i think it was at it was either at the cellar or at caroline's and he basically was saying you know well he said something along the lines of we you know you never know how you're going to die well now we know how we're going to die <laughs> <laughs> It's just a matter of order.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. He's fucking unbelievable. Yo, I mean, did you, have you ever seen the video? There's a the, There's a video of him interviewing Letterman. And David Letterman basically just rides his jock the entire time. Like, the amount of care and love that Letterman put into telling him what he thinks about him and how much he admires him as a comic and how brilliant he thinks he is and what a an underappreciated genius that he's been throughout his career. I mean, I've never heard Letterman say something like that about anybody except for maybe himself.
2: Yeah. I, I feel like I've seen that from him a, a few
0: times, but rarely, but when he does cool. it, it's like super
2: sincere, right? Maybe like cool. he's all in sincere.
0: Yeah. Maybe to Robin Williams, but I mean that video, it, it's stunning in that interview. And, y- and you can really see because obviously there's a mutual respect and, you know, Um, uh, he's kind of crawling, his skin's kind of crawling a little bit to hear Letterman talk about him like that. But at the same time, it it is pretty stunning to see the admiration from such a legend, you know?
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, Especially, I mean, I think (laughs) of him as, you know, almost not like Andy Kaufman level, but you know, kind of like I, like I aspire some days to say, you know what, I'm going to treat my entire life for the rest of my life as just one big installation and just yeah. see where it goes. Right. And just be yeah. a performance artist inside my own skin. Yeah. I feel like he kind of is that in a way, but also just he's got that 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 inability to not just tell the truth.
0: <laughs> you know, how, how close is he to your favorite comic? Does he rank up there for you?
2: Oh, gosh, I don't know. That's a that's a. I mean, I've, I've got a pool of like a hundred that are my favorite comics. So that's, he's that you know, it. yeah, he's in that one for sure. For sure.
1: Well, as Josh and I had previously discussed, Norm Macdonald is what I think helped really turn the corner for Mark Marin's podcast, because there was, uh, it, I think the Carlos Mencia one, I think the Gallagher one, and also the uh, Norm Macdonald one, the Norm Macdonald one, was not um, antagonistic the way the other two were. It was suddenly just you bring on a guest, and the guest is so good that you're like, oh, this is what this form can actually do. It can facilitate like the type of brutal honesty and entertainment that Norm Macdonald brings um, in 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 a very short arena. So much so that I must have listened to that thing three or four or ten times. It was so good. His rhythms are almost uh, inescapably intoxicating. His <laughs> yeah. rhythms are funny. His uh, his way of speaking is funny. His pacing, he doesn't have to say anything that's particularly super funny. It becomes funny because of the way it's paced. But then, guess what? It's also innately funny.
0: Yeah. That's,
1: I, I really admire that. It's great. <laughs> he's, you know, as a character, he's a compulsive gambler. Uh, he's... You know, he's got strange politics, but he's never dishonest. No.
0: Have you ever heard his bit about Cosby?
1: No, I, I bet I have, but tell it.
0: It's like, he's like, you know, I, do, do either of you do... A Norm McDonald, by the way. I wish I could, man. That voice is. Could be really yeah,
2: so to. I. No, I can't do that. <clears throat> I don't think I can like, do any voices. So was,
0: uh, yeah, yeah, but
2: I, you know, kind of like. Uh, so no, I can't do it. I, I'm horrible. I can't do fucking impressions. Dude, I wish I could Jesus. do.
0: There's some I pretend that I can do impressions, but I think if I actually heard a recording of myself doing it, I would just be like, just stop. So I'm not gonna try now because I enjoy doing it so much. But later on, if you want to hear Jerry Seinfeld in traffic, I'll be happy to share it. Um so uh but in any case. Why not? In any case, <laughs> in any case um uh maybe later in the pot. I'll show you. But but uh um it's this joke where he's like, Yes, I'm sitting with a comic friend of mine and we're talking about uh um, you know, uh this whole uh Bill Cosby situation and you know my friend says uh you know I think the worst thing about it is that uh he's such a hypocrite I, I thought to myself uh really is that the is that the worst thing about it seems like uh seems like the the raping part was a little bit worse in fact if I was gonna put some order to it you know uh, probably the worst thing about it would be be the raping you know that's the worst and then just before that is the is the plotting that, that's pretty bad too and before that is the you know Planning to plot, you know, and then and then way down there is hypocrisy, you know. I mean it's way down there. It's like at least seven or eight things before hypocrisy. It's so fucking funny.
1: (laughs) And you've you've struck on another thing that I've identified that's really attractive to his approach to telling jokes is that that framing that you just uh exhibited is almost like it's not professorial, it's like It's like grandfatherly. Yeah. It's like, really? Really, son? You think like the hypocrisy is really the the worst thing about it? Uh, (laughs) You know, and, you know, let's break it down. Let's think about it. Right. But (laughs) almost
2: like delivered with like a McKinsey, you know, three point template. Right. Where it's okay. So I I think so. Yeah. No, the rapes are definitely first. But then let's let's think that's the the planning and then there's the this, right? So you say you say it, then you go say it again and explain it and then you say it again.
1: And also here here's an opportunity to look at the master joke teller, his choice of words, the raping, like nobody says that. It, it's not the raping, and he repeats it. it it's it, you know most people would say, well, I think probably rape would be you know, but <sighs> yeah. the or raping, a sexual, a sexual assault, this, or we
2: we we we. Legalize the words so that they actually lose some of their effectiveness,
1: <laughs> right? And he has a pseudo colloquialism to it, like it, the the raping, and yeah. then the then the plotting, and plotting seems to be a kind of obscure word, you know. And then he says planning the plot, which you're like, do you do you plan? Uh- it? In
0: the it, planning, it, the plot, I added. That wasn't his line, but the plotting no. was his line. Like the, the scheming, the line. scheming would be good too, right? Yeah, like the, the scheming. scheming. Yeah, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah. So maybe that's also another thing is like his his form doesn't necessarily warrant memorization per yeah. se, except for some key things. Yeah. But they're they're very critical. They're very precise. The raping. Yeah. That's. I mean,
0: I'm I think concerned. it was. I think it was the raping and then he was like and then came the drugging that was second the drugging was second to that. Right. and then right. came the plotting. The you know, which and then it was the plotting before that and then and, it like, and it's also it also breaks down the a thing that I've seen comedians do before too where they say you know these one time things it's not it's not just a murder it, there were some act, there's some activity that leads up to it I forget which comedian does it but it's a comedian that talks about a girlfriend telling him that she cheated on him and that it was a one-time mistake. It was maybe it was Moshe Kasher. I feel like it's a Moshe Kasher thing. And he was like, one-time mistake, really. And then he's like, it wasn't one mistake. It was many mistakes. The first mistake was talking to the dude. The second mistake was, you know, going, you know, was like <laughs> hanging out to him with him. The third mistake was opening yourself up to that. Possibly, fourth mistake was going home with him. The fifth mistake was taking your clothes off. You know, and he starts like listing up all these things, and the breaking down of that is uh, is so painful and hilarious at the same time. And when you really look at it that way, then it just kind of strikes a chord and it forces you to laugh because it's so dark, you know?
1: Yeah,
2: absolutely. Yeah. So I've actually pulled up the uh, things that he did on weekend update that allegedly helped him get fired. Um, this is all from Wikipedia. So uh, of course, because it's better than the encyclopedia was and we paid like a thousand dollars for those.
0: Yeah. And it's like publicly written. So that's always a good idea.
2: It's 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 right. Exactly. Uh, so let's see, there was the, uh, uh, repeated references to the Simpson trial when he was acquitted. The next uh, Saturday Night Live weekend update opened with him saying, Well, it's finally official. Murder is legal in the state of California. <laughs> <laughs> so it gets better with Michael Jackson and Lisa Marie Presley. Uh, he said, uh, When they said they're getting a divorce, uh, he said about their irre- irreconcilable differences that she was a stay at home type and he was a boy hungry pedophile. <laughs> And then, then there was later. uh, He made reference to the fact that there was a report that he had uh, posters of Shirley Temple in his hospital room, and he said, um, "Don't get the." But he said, "Don't get the wrong idea. Michael Jackson's a homosexual pedophile."
1: (laughs) (laughs) That didn't get him fired, or was that just part of the buildup? I
2: think that. I think when you said, "What the fuck was that?" uh during weekend update after coughing <laughs> in a scene <laughs> i think that was that was his last episode or or maybe he was suddenly there after but
0: have you ever seen youtube videos of comedians talking about crazy experiences with norm Macdonald? i've not oh those are great too um because they all love him but he's nuts so david Spade's got some great stories about him about norm calling him at like three in the morning like david when are we gonna hang out? You know, <laughs> it's like I've heard it's about morning, that. Dude. Like, what are you doing? Calling me right now? We can hang out tomorrow if you want. I'm available. Okay, I'll uh, I'll call you. Never calls him. You know, three months later, another call at two in the morning. David, you said you were gonna hang out. <laughs> like, the guy is fucking nuts, man. He's totally well, nuts.
2: Is that just part of, or is he really like Andy Kaufman? Right? Maybe that's just part of his act.
0: Is that what he's doing? You know, I can't be myself all the time. You know what I mean? There's like different versions of me and I, and I need to be all of them at different times of the day. There's no yeah. way that like, you know, I could just be like that all the time. But like if that's your brain and that's what you you're doing and a bunch of people have that kind of those kind of stories about you. I mean, that's so, that's something that's sort of savantish, yeah.
2: you know, and I doubt of, that's the case. He probably just you know, has
0: issues like the rest of us. And it's fucking funny. Yeah. And he's fucking funny. He's absolutely funny. So, all right. Um, who do you compare him to in the comic world? I want to get to like this. I want to talk more about this joke, but we're having a good time talk contextualizing Norm McDonald's so no, yeah, absolutely,
2: absolutely. No, I, I again, I think of him. He reminds me he's got a little bit of Bill Hicks, just like the brutal honesty, but in a completely different way. Yeah. Then he's got that Andy Kaufman kind of performance art angle, where again, it's almost just it's his li- delivery, it's his cadence. There's a moment in the actual clip uh, of the Conan O'Brien show where he, uh, or Conan, like, just real quickly is like, so Norm, Norm's like, what? <laughs> it's like the littlest thing, but him just goes saying, what? Like, really quick and, like, hopping at him. It's like, <laughs> it's so fucking funny. It's just like this minor, minor thing you wouldn't even notice almost, but it's like it just floored me. I was dying in the kitchen earlier uh, looking at that. So, um, so I think of that, um, gosh. I don't know, Eric.
1: Jonathan Winters a little bit in that uh-huh. he's able to—he's able to kind of play off these anecdotal things, and he's not—they're not practiced necessarily. Now, the moth joke might have been, but to the extent he's able to improvise it, you know, that's—he's definitely excellent.
2: improvising that on the show.
1: And and you no know, if yeah, you it's, look it's at no doubt the old clips of Jonathan Winters, especially. Not not just the early '50s stuff, but as he, you know, became a regular on Carson. Here we are at Carson again. But as he became a regular on Carson, you would see him, you know, sit there and just Johnny would, and maybe there's a combination of Johnny Carson and Jonathan Leonard where he he kind of has that demeanor, that sort of almost hmm. down home, uh, Midwestern bonhom. I know he's Canadian, but it's like the ability. Is he Canadian too? He's Canadian, yeah. yeah.
2: Jonathan Winters is. No,
1: Jonathan yeah. Winters is not Canadian, but um,
2: isn't he? Oh, I didn't think so. Was,
1: no, no, he was. He I thought fought.
2: you were still talking about him.
1: No, sorry, it crossed it up. What I'm saying is, uh, Norm McDonald's approach to things is very, it's very straightforward. It's very homey, and it has a hominess mm-hmm. to it, but with a real edge. Like there was a, a a Jonathan Winters bit on an old Carson show where he was talking about going out hunting. He said, "Oh, you know, he was getting older." He goes. Oh, I don't, I don't really go out hunting very much anymore. In World War II, we were hunting all the time, and that was a killer joke. Like just
0: that, that sort of like, you know, yeah. That like you know, <laughs> yeah, That's really funny. There's a link there oh, There's a link there to Robin Williams because Jonathan Winters was Robin Williams' guy. Oh, yes, you know. sure. I'm um, totally that guy. I think, of, I think there's a really interesting comparison with Norm MacDonald to George Burns um, in that George Burns was for his time a comedian's comedian. And I think it's the same thing with Norm MacDonald. Like, like if you were to put Norm MacDonald in a room with comedians behind him and people in front of him, you know, and just an audience in front of him, his first goal is probably to make the comedians laugh. Um, and he's going to do what it takes to do that. And if the people are laughing, it's because there's some kind of inside thing happening to him and the comedians that's so fucking funny, you can't help but laugh. Um, but he's primarily aiming at the comedians there. Um, and also, he he also falls into the category of not giving a fuck. You know, there is a... You never got the feeling that George Burns didn't give a fuck. He, he seemed to give he a fuck. He played God. He played God. For
1: what, about, what about George Burns' best friend, Groucho?
0: Yeah. Could... Yeah. Absolutely. Um, um, in terms of just the wordplay and spinning it and stuff like that. And,
1: and yeah, and, and I mean, I don't think Groucho, as he went on, I mean, he had those shows, but I don't, he didn't seem to be caring that much after a while. You know, he just. Yeah, yeah, he,
2: he gave way less of a fuck.
0: Couldn't you see Norm MacDonald saying a lot of those great Groucho Mark lines? You know, like, yes. uh, outside of a dog, a book is a man's best friend. Uh, inside a dog, it's uh, too dark to read. Can you just see him saying that? Yes,
2: I mean 100%. yes, no his like his his the way he, he does like you you know this earlier Like just bringing that like vaudevillian type sensibility or that old school sensibility, right? Like you know the the corniest of corniest jokes that actually end up being so funny.
0: Yeah 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 it's brilliant all right which, so here's my go ahead eric where are you gonna say? well which
1: is which is it brings us brings us around to the moth
0: joke right i mean you, mm-hmm. you may have
1: been going there josh i don't know but that it's yeah, a, it can be a very clean joke it's really just a lamentation it's like the my crappy uh telling of those two um did you joke. say
2: lamentation yeah lamentation. you said lamentation
0: yeah that's biblical
2: okay. is that what does that what does that mean
0: A lamentation can be compared to a dirge. Um, A lamentation is like That clarifies it. Yeah, I'll explain it. It's like a song, like a death song? It's a song. song. It's a death song. Death song. song. The difference between a lamentation and a dirge is that a lamentation has to end on an up note. A dirge ends on a down note.
2: Gotcha. So like five-finger death punch is more of a dirge band.
0: (laughs) Yes. Yes. That's exactly right. (laughs) See, you know what Norm Macdonald does? Offspring is more lamentations. I don't know. Before, I don't know uh, what that means, but I'm just going to agree with you, 100. It doesn't
1: mean.
2: I, I don't know who. I, all I know is that there's a band named Five Finger Death Punch because they're always in the guitar magazines. Because <laughs> all the guitar magazines are all about these fucking speed metal bands, basically, and death metal bands. No, but the, the musical um, dirge is a
0: New Orleans funeral march.
2: I, I don't doubt that. I was yeah. just making a bad joke. So it was a good um, joke. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Appreciate that. We have a nice little suck off going here in the pod. Well, you do. Nice well, you wore my suit. You created here. That's right. I'm in your suits, God damn it. So.
0: If I wasn't on oh, contract, oh, that shit would matter.
1: <laughs>
2: uh, how's uh, how's revenue, by the way?
1: You're not yeah.
2: – Oh, is this not that meeting? I'm sorry. Um,
1: right. Should we have Eric, our – Does he know he's going to get fired? <laughs> not I'm, not sure fire, it. I'm not sure what a fireable offense is. on this OSHA. Show. How
0: much would I have to say?
2: <laughs> it's like OSHA. You know, stuff I just see rhyme, <laughs> good slime in the ice machine. Anyway, I'm sorry, I digress. No,
0: what were you talking about, Eric? You had a point you were making, man. Oh, it's a lamentation, that's what you said, right? The lamentations of your women, it's a laminated poem. You put plastic on both sides, that's what makes a lamentation.
2: Isn't that an it's Arnold Schwarzenegger amazing. line? What did you say, Arnold The yes. L- <laughs> lamentations of your women,
0: yes, the, enemy.
2: the barbarian,
1: yeah. I hear the lamentations of the women. I
0: hear the lamentations of the women. How dark do you think he can get it well, to still keep it funny? To still keep the funny? I mean, he went really dark. Really, really dark. Oh,
2: I mean, I don't think there's. I think, yeah. I, I say, I, I guess when the point where light doesn't escape from the joke, maybe that's too dark, right? So if it's if like you're at the vent horizon of the joke, but I don't think, I don't even know where that is. I can't even imagine it being dark enough not to be funny.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, he went, he went. I mean, trouble at work, trouble in your marriage, um, trouble with your kids. Um, one of the kids dead, the other one you're ashamed of, straight to suicidal thoughts to that dad. And then you realize it's just a big dad joke,
2: exactly. That's what you realize. That's exactly what it is. (laughs) I was gonna put in because uh, (laughs) Norm MacDonald actually does like he uses the word malaise at some point, which is great, but that's a little more passive. Mm-hmm. Um, I th- always think Jimmy Carter when I think malaise. So, um, <laughs> things not to say to the electorate, but, uh, I was going to actually use, uh, you know, I've been, you know, reading metamorphosis every night, <laughs> nothing, you know, just dreaming, <laughs> which is kind of, doesn't make sense. Kind of, but it kind of makes sense. It's one of those jokes that's not really correct, but I think so funny. it's
0: very funny. <laughs> Oh my God. Well, what you
1: can identify from that, once again, let's go back to the basics of what makes Norm McDonald really attractive. Yeah. The phrasing is short. He's very Hemingway in the way that mm-hmm. he puts together his words. And right. he chooses words that seem out of place and the way he yeah. says them is out of place. It's like a lady, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, and I not- wouldn't be surprised to have him say gal. You know, these, yeah. these, right. co- these like, Uh, middle, Midland, middle America, you know, rural Canada, like these, these phrasings that aren't, you wouldn't say that because you want to be cool when you talk in a city. Yeah. Well, that woman, you know, that, you know, and you'd want to, it's much more, and he's that, you know, a lady and then woods. Ooh, woods are bad. That's a very (laughs) straightforward sentence. He's, and if you look at his Twitter feed, it's dink, dink, dink.
0: Yeah. Very short and sweet. It was made for it. Yeah yeah it's, also, could, it's got that
2: place in time too sorry about that no go what were you gonna say i was gonna say that it's 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 got a feel of a location feel but it also has a time feel like a 50s type feel right like yeah. everything everything was simpler right well you do Black, the blacks were blacks the whites
0: were whites. <laughs> Jesus. You do an impression of them and it's a it's a quick step to like a 30s like movie character, you know? You go from, yeah, so there it was and then it suddenly hello, <laughs> right <copper."> right <laughs> you right. right again. Yeah. You know?
2: like James Cagney
0: type thing, right? Exactly.
1: <laughs> yeah, what are you a wise guy? You're a wise guy. What lady in the red dress. Yeah.
0: yeah. Only none of those guys actually talk like that. They all talk like we do now. You know because you've watched like the outtakes of them and like yeah it's hilarious the guy who played uh um the one who inspector gadget's voice is based on who the hell is that guy
1: uh do oh, him
0: yeah yeah and he would play this voice and then afterwards he'd be like you know so i was there and i was over <laughs> and all oh, right let's go 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 gadget you know <laughs> straight to that character with norm Macdonald, it's actually how he talks it's just unbelievable Absolutely unbelievable! You cannot imagine that man doing any other job besides being a stand-up comedian. Dude, ain't that the truth? There is just no way. Imagine you're like <laughs> on a plane, the pilot. <laughs> it's like, hey, hey, you may ever not fly? <laughs> I don't really give a shit how you feel. So my
2: drive-in, <laughs> I heard this joke. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Hopefully we'll make it. I'll just
2: tell it. I'll just tell it like the driver told it. <laughs> oh my god.
0: Unbelievable! Unbelievable. So, how perfect is he to your perfect comedian? How close is he to your perfect comedian? For you? Oh, yeah. I got
2: to think about that one a little bit. Uh, no, he's not. Not no, not perfect at all. He 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 definitely fills a. He plays a very important role in my yeah. portfolio yeah. of comedy, which is yeah. which stretches wide. But yeah, the role he plays is a very important
0: very important role.
2: His performance on that 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 roast, I forget who he was roasting, but man, it was it was so because it was awkward. I mean, it was like the audience was they didn't get it. They were not really coming they weren't coming along fully, yeah. you know, and it was he was playing to that negative reaction. It was fucking
0: great. And not caring at all. Just just wallowing in it. God. What I wouldn't give to be at one of those performances like that, you know what I mean, to like actually have witnessed something like that in person so
2: it's interesting you say that because i think let's see this would be either the very first night i ever did stand-up comedy yeah. or the time before that when i went to just see an open mic to go gussy myself up i suppose and yeah. this is back in the fall of 2012. Yeah. eric remembers sent me a cd afterwards uh, and there was a guy that got up and he dressed in like cheesy 80s clothes, tall guy. You could tell he was good looking, but he made himself not yeah. good looking and kind of had a weird haircut. Yeah. And he got up and he read jokes and they were all like 80s corny, like that kind of performance art type joke. Okay. They were horrible, right? Yeah. You know, it'd be like, hey, what's it was like when Norm would do, like, what's, what's the deal with that? <laughs> you know, You know, other people are wearing those pants. What's going on with that? <laughs> and it's like it's like it's like my God, this is uncomfortable. But it's like, oh, how beautiful, right? Like that's yeah. that's getting at the event horizon. Where yeah. It's like I want to go there. Yeah. like
0: I want to be able to do that. Oh, God, that's really cool. But there's a fine line between just failing and being awkward and being brilliant, right? Like, what's the difference between him and then just like the awkward dude who's like trying stand up and never makes it because he just. You just can't figure out how to translate anything into funny, you know?
2: Right. Yeah, which is probably talent, I guess, because the the thoughts and the, the constructions and all that stuff is, like, there for many of us. I think. Yeah. But the ability
0: to translate that into a performance that works, oh Yeah. Yeah, no, and I, I, I think it's very interesting to, like, you know, you could, when you hear Bill Burr talk about his stand-up, journey. And I bring up him a lot because he's probably my favorite comic. Um, mm. I mean, I've got a handful oh. of favorite ones, but I think Bill Burr is probably my favorite. Um, I just love his love character. Bill Burr. Yeah. I just love his character. But, uh, yeah. but you know, when you listen to um, uh, Anthony Jeselnik, he'll tell you that he didn't find that voice that he has now for a while. And the same is true with Bill Burr. It took him a while to kind of find his voice, than to figure it out. Now it turns out that Bill Burr's voice is very similar to his actual voice. You listen to his podcast, and you just hear it. Um, it's just he is on stage, just a more extreme example of what he is in real life. You know, um, I but- like him.
2: I like him better off stage, almost because I feel like he really flows in an unscripted or an unstructured environment where he doesn't have to carry everything, and he can just boom he could just go for a jugular in his way but he's he's a hard-working guy like that guy worked hard to
0: get to get hit that that shit you know he does not bring his podcast to the stage like the shit that he riffs on his podcast is just for the podcast he doesn't really bring any of that stuff to the stage maybe there's some general things that he'll bring to the stage but for the most part he doesn't bring any of it there um which is kind of amazing to think about like he doesn't use it to work out his stuff you know um, but, uh, but uh, he's an example of somebody who might've taken a short amount of time to find his voice. And in fact, if you find like super old videos of Bill Byrd doing stand up from like the early 2000s, um, it's very similar to what you see with him now. Um, hmm. just an older and, you know, certainly more seasoned version. Um, with, uh, and Nick, it took him a while because his actual voice is very different from his, like, he's the sweetest guy. Super nice. You know, that's what I hear about him at least. Um, right. but his onstage performance is, um, is psychotic in terms of the shit that he says and what he brings up, and that material is really written. Norm MacDonald, it's like, he could have just like backed into a theater, gotten up on the stage, <clears throat> just started talking, and been there because the difference between his onstage voice and like, just the way that he thinks about shit is... There's none. Millimeters, if at all. You know, yeah. It's crazy.
2: Yeah. No, I think that's the beauty of it is that he, there's like the corny, you know, tapping into this classic, classic joke structure and ability and delivery ability. Right. Combined yeah. with, like Eric said, just a serious edge that gets into just the reality of speaking the truth about the world, yeah. you know, calling yeah. it like yeah. it is, which is yeah. important. It's important these days. I feel like I feel like truth and justice are even more uh, pressing than ever. It's like it's like Bat- We
0: need Batman. Did you? He was on Norm Macdonald was on The View, and he pissed everybody off. You ever hear that story?
2: <laughs> who? I got, okay, so I just have to ask, who the fuck booked Norm Macdonald on The View?
0: <laughs> somebody really dumb. <laughs> I have a funny someone who doesn't
2: someone who doesn't have that job anymore.
0: Yeah, bad judgment. Yeah, some serious bad judgment. By the way, I, back in the day when I was still working in the Jewish world before I went to rabbinical mm-hmm. school, I was. Uh, um, a youth group advisor for like a bunch of synagogues on long Island mm-hmm. and, uh, they plan this, uh, once every two years, big convention where like 5,000 kids from all over the country come together and take over a hotel. And, um, and then all of this, all of this programming and things like that. It's, uh, it's nuts. Um, you're just basically you say like-
2: programming, you mean like
0: orgies. Well, I mean, you literally put the hotel on lockdown. I mean, they still find a way. It's crazy. But, like, you are literally posting people outside of every door because the last thing you want to do is send a high school kid home pregnant. Um, So, the one that I saw. That's not the last thing. Dude. (laughs) Is that
1: really the last thing?
0: I mean, the 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 rapes are worse. Rapes are bad. Murder is pretty bad. The rapes are pretty bad. (laughs) That's all pretty bad. Dude, they started stripping in the windows for each other one year. I'm like, you know what? <laughs> you oh,
2: excuse me. Where do they hold this convention? <laughs> what
0: you do, what you do. Well, maybe
2: I'll pop by there in 2021.
0: <laughs> Jesus. Um, so uh, so they decided to bring Bob Saget in as a performer. And I was like, I was like, you should have asked me. Same booking agent. You should have asked me first because you're not going to get what you expect. Yeah. This is, not, this is not the Bob Saget who you know. America's Funniest Home Videos, Bob Saget, Full House Bob Saget. Fucking no, genius. that is not what you're getting. And let me tell you something. There is nothing like being in a room with 5,000 high school kids, 1,000 rabbis, and a comedian who you associate with one of the most wholesome television shows talking about fucking your mother.
2: <laughs> I can't tell you how happy that makes me. That makes me, me so happy that they actually booked him and he actually did his act.
0: I was like, you should have asked me. He is going to do his act. <laughs> you don't know it. Oh, he is the dirtiest fantastic. comedian. What
1: totally. was the response? Like, what was the general response? Did the kids laugh at all?
0: 5,000 kids laughing. 5,000 kids laughing. A handful of cool rabbis laughing. A lot of very accusatory looks towards people who made booking decisions that did not do their research. Well, I thought they got a job at NBC. A lot <laughs> of looks of shock. Yeah. <laughs> In and, in yeah. her in her next role at ABC. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Saget yeah. didn't even give a disclaimer. He was like, You book me. This is the deal. <laughs> oh, it's a little weird. See.
2: That makes me so happy. I love people yeah. that just do what they uh. That's what cool. I want to be when I grow up.
1: Well, you, uh, you know, you mentioned you mentioned how the moth joke is a lot like the aristocrats joke. Remember Bob Sagitt's bit in the aristocrats movie? was like i think to everyone who remembered him from full house was just like holy shit at one point he can't help himself he's dying at the very telling of his own joke particularly the part where he talks about pulling pubic hair out and blood running down and he can't believe that he's actually telling that part of the joke and i think anyone who saw that would have been like wow that's yeah that's amazing and if that's what he carried on, and see, and you can, you could, you could take, you could take the moth joke into really bizarre places. You just, you just got to tinker with it.
0: Yeah. Totally.
2: Totally. No, I, I slaved to the, uh, to the original a little bit this time because it, it deserves it, you know, like it, it, it sure. earned that for sure, yeah. but man, it'd be a lot of fun to play with that, uh, uh, yeah. know, quite a bit, see what you can do. So
0: um, <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to tell that joke, man. I cannot wait. All right. What else is there to talk about with this joke? First of all, I think it's brilliant. Definitely fits. I, I love that. Uh, Norman McDonald's is, is the, um, uh, fuck four. This was episode four, fourth comedian that, uh, that we talked about. Um, and, thanks for uh, finally inviting me. Yeah. The fuck is up with that. Um, and I think it's perfect too, because, uh, it's sort of four geniuses in very, very different ways. So, um, I think mean, I love it um, What else, any other points we can bring up about that joke and about Norm
1: no
2: I think that's uh, I don't think, I think we've covered good. Norm
1: entirely I think it'll be worth editing in some good clips of his because he does have even when he has the long form he's very pointillistic in his approach you remember like the Emo Phillips joke where mm-hmm. even though he's telling this long joke there are you know splashes he's painting the whole portrait yeah um, Norm is really filled with one liners. In fact, he developed that whole SNL style of of that, that you see still exists with, you know, Michael Shea and um Colin Jost. Just yeah. they have their own twist on it. You know, he he still carries it on. He gets the bang out laughs and it's just the nature of his uh his approach.
2: Yeah. No, those two I think are are really really good. Um and and I think Colin Jost like Norm Macdonald was his guy when he was a kid growing up. He was listening to him on Weekend Update. And he's like, yeah, that was my model for what that was.
0: Fucking brilliant. What's that joke that he does about uh, being in a pet store? And he's like, uh, hey, if this dog goes crazy, can I keep him? What's that joke he does about that? It's something like uh, I remember it was like a quick little... That's one of those things you box.
2: should prepare before you... <laughs>
0: I was hoping, you remember
2: you never want to ask questions that no one knows the answer to <laughs> I
0: was hoping, you remember that shit?
2: so a guy goes into a pet store and he says hey what's up with that poodle
0: go, and the dog goes crazy can I keep him <laughs> all right so
1: uh, yeah. Robbie thanks for stopping in you can uh shoot maybe you guys just do this pod maybe I take my bald head
0: go go fuck yourself, I like Eric. no I think this is a
2: I think this is a this is my kind of threesome.
0: Yeah, you know what? I'd, I'd is it really here.
1: your kind of threesome, Robbie? It's
2: the, I only, mean, it's I, the only. It's the yeah. only. kind I'm ever gonna have.
0: <laughs> is oh it? my god! Editing this are is gonna Robbie? be nuts. Are you? That, are that, if you pretty... edit
2: that out, I fucking kill you. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm a happily married man. I, there's no threesomes in my past, and none in my future. So,
0: oh, none of my past either. None of my future. <laughs> no, thank you. My ADD is way too powerful to be messing around with a threesome.
2: I, I oh, like no, Ernest no, no. again. We'll we we'll, we'll, um we we'll, we'll we'll lodge that one with the uh the other advice I'm
1: giving you. You know.
0: <laughs> oh my god. Hey, um, should I take us out and then we could just keep talking?
1: Sure, go ahead.
0: All right. Uh, this was uh, episode four of uh, jokes. Robbie, thank you so much for joining us. All right, you're not so much a suit. You're not. So much a suit. <laughs> yeah, Eric, and my friends I, I used to work with. Suit. Yeah, that's the lawyer over there. You're a musician, man.
1: I'm a lawyer, and I've worked for oil companies, so I'm a suit. Suit.
0: suit. Yeah, and I'm a robe. <laughs> That's what I am. In any case, thank you so much for joining. Hopefully, we managed to put together a good episode off of this recording. And uh, please uh, share the episode. Like you know, like it. Share it with your friends. Uh, spread the word about uh, not just this podcast, but all the Perry Veritas podcasts. And we hope you join us next time here on Jokes. Jokes.